Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Joseph Kay. He is a uh, writer, he's a creator, he's a showrunner, he's an executive producer, and he's uh, uh, talking about a whole lot of things once again uh, here on Face to Face, but really connected to a new, a relatively new television series called Transplant, a Canadian, unabashedly Canadian series that uh, looks like it's all set in Toronto, but apparently largely shot in Montreal. You'll see cityscapes and so on of Toronto, but it's a it's a it's a medical drama, and it's it's going to be premiering on NBC in the very near future. And it's it's you know, and Joseph and I talk about this: how how can a show be entertaining but but important at the same time, and how can it actually have something to say and and and, and entertain and and just sort of exist on a you know a Tuesday night from eight till nine o'clock in that time slot. But this is a film that's you know Joseph would probably go out of his of his way to say it's not political, but it certainly steps into that arena. This idea of of issues that matter, you know, and isn't that what politics is really all about, or at supposed to be about. And so it gets into um, uh, a really interesting and difficult territory, emotional territory to PTSD and, and, and new Canadians and refugees. And, 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 you know, this, you know, and as Joseph talks about the universality and the specific, you know, this idea of similarity through difference and why, why is politics such a binary thing? And, and we talk about family and, and trust and the, and the show gets into these issues in a, in a way that's, I think healthy and 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 makes a lot of sense, and of course roots it basically in an ER. And for those of you who who like medical dramas, and most of us do, it seems to me, or at least lots of us do, uh, there's plenty there uh, to to enjoy. And uh, uh, the, the the main character, uh, I mean, I fell in love with the main character within seconds. And I mean, I think that's a testament to the show. I think it's a testament to the direction and the cinematography and the writing and all of the above. But 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 uh, Hamza Haq, uh, the actor who plays Bash, uh, this ER doctor, this Syrian doctor, new to Canada, who's 
who's starting over. And, and that's kind of really what this conversation uh, for, uh, that Joseph and I have is, is really all about. So, so buckle up, listen in. You're going to enjoy the show. It's, it's like I said, it's going to be re-aired, I believe, season one on CTV uh, soon and uh, premiering on NBC. And I, I would imagine Joseph and Hamza and the team and, and everyone else involved is very excited about that. So stay tuned. Don't forget davidpecklive.com. Some changes coming there to the website soon. I'm going to bring everything under one umbrella, I think. And uh, you, you, uh, my writing and my speaking and my podcasting is going to be there. And even maybe a little bit of the magic that I do is going to be found there. I think I'm going to hide it with a password or some kind of a thing like that, some sort of mysterious thing like that. But it's a, it's an offering. I'm actually going to be offering up. Uh, we're going to draw uh, for people who are willing to leave iTunes reviews. We're going to do a draw. And I'm going to give away a free monthly online magic show for the time being. Uh, maybe even have a special guest, a friend of mine or two, uh, join as well uh, to to try to drive people to iTunes to leave reviews uh, for the show if you're enjoying what we're doing here. But don't forget davidpecklive.com. Find out more about my writing and my um, and speaking. And you can order a copy of Real Changes Incremental there. We'd love for you to do that. Uh, also, uh, face-to-facelive.ca, uh, over 520 interviews published there, including this one with Joseph. Many more coming up. Uh, Toronto International Film Festival is around the corner. Lots going to be happening there as well. And uh, don't forget, you can advertise on face-to-face. You can uh, have We can do shout-outs. We can do special interviews, uh, banner ads on the website. We are getting hundreds of thousands of u- unique visits a month to the site here and through Rabble. Um, so, so reach out if you're interested in doing that. And also, uh, you can support us through Patreon, and we're going to try to beef that up in the next little while. You're going to start seeing us more on social media, and I'm excited about that. And don't forget Rabble.ca for a whole host of other um, you know, thinkers and, and writers, podcasters, bloggers, people talking about the uh, you know news for the rest of us, news that matters. So, so stay tuned, uh, though, and, and please, once again, I'm going to say it again if I haven't already. <laughs> can you hear the smile? Uh, please uh, take the time to leave us a review. If you like what we're doing here on Face to Face on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. But coming right up to talk about his new TV series and uh, starting over, uh, his new TV series Transplant and uh, about starting over is uh, Joseph K. coming right up. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We are joined uh, by a very special guest here with us today. I'm I'm not sure. I, I, I always wonder, Joseph, where we are. I, I'm thinking this is about 525 interviews published or going to be published. Uh, we've got Joseph K here with us today on Face to Face, talking about his new uh, television show, relatively new, Transplant. Joseph, thanks for taking the time uh, to to hang out with us here on Face to Face. Thanks for having me, David. I'm happy to be here. It's so funny. I always say for, for hanging out with us, it's, well, you and I are us. We're, we're the community. And, uh, but it is something I'm trying to do with this, you know, this platform. And that is to, to, to try to create empathy with not only with my guests, but with the, with the people who are listening and also usually with the stories that my guests are trying to tell. And often it's documentarians or directors. And, and in your case, sort of writer, director, producer, executive producer to, to talk about people and stories and things that matter. Tell us, Joseph, tell us a little bit about, about how that applies to transplant. Um, great question. First of all, it's interesting that, you know, when you say us, um, there's something so, there is something so intimate about listening to podcasts. You're listening on your headphones and you feel like you're there in the middle of that conversation. And it's a, right. I love it. So I think it's appropriate that you do that. I, I, I would say what, you know, the thing about Transplanted, it's a story about a refugee uh, starting his life over again. 
He's from a very specific place with a very specific set of experiences. But since the show was conceived of, and um, I'm happy to talk about all of that, mm-hmm. to me and to us, the people that I made the show with, that what we were doing really was we were we were searching for um, for universality in the specific. And mm. by telling a story about a very specific man's journey, um, what we were doing was 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 providing an insight into the idea of starting over, which is something that everybody identifies with in some way, shape, or form. You know, we started it obviously long before the pandemic and everything that's going on in the world right now, but we're all at some point faced with how to start over. And to ground that question, you know, in the context of a hospital show that's being made for a network, so therefore something that has to be populist, I don't use that word in a pejorative sense, it just literally has to be populist. Right. So to... To ground that in the story of a very specific person's very dramatic experience with starting over and then to try to look for ways in which a larger audience can identify with that theme um, in a way that we can continue to tell and retell that theme and variations on it um, was what was what I thought would be accessible uh, as I ventured out on it. Did you, did you know, I mean, when you started thinking about this, I mean, I I think I remember when, when ER was written, that was like a discovery way after Jurassic Park, Michael Crichton, there was like, well, we went back to this, you know, teleplay that I wrote X amount of years ago. When, when you guys stepped into this show, were you intentional about Syria, you know, issues like mental health, PTSD and so on? Was that really first and foremost? Or did that kind of um, unfold or bubble to the surface the deeper you got into the story? And I guess I guess everybody's story kind of unfolds, doesn't it? Whether it's a teleplay or real life. Yeah, it definitely does. No matter what you bring to it, it's always you're chipping at the ice and looking for what's under right. the ice. Um, but, um, you know, it was late 2000 and it was late 2016 there had just been a fairly consequential election in the United States of America. Right. Oh, yeah. Which one was that? <laughs> you may have heard of it. And I may have heard of it. Yeah. The at the time, you know, obviously it was this the, the he had campaigned um, and he made such an issue of immigration in ways that were so uh, corrosive, and it was just dominating the world and the headlines. And um, that's where our sort of it was hard. I mean, we were all ensconced in that, and still are. And at the same time, almost, you know, conversely, in a way that a lot was being written in the media here in Toronto about crisis in Syria and the families in Toronto and elsewhere in Canada who were taking in sponsoring Syrian refugees because our the system for doing that in Canada is different than it is. In other right. And um, I was thinking about how. I was thinking about two things at the time. I was I was thinking about that, and um, at the same time, wanted to develop a medical drama for CTV in Canada. And um, while developing the drama and doing research into that, I had I've been doing a lot of research, and I was reading about the experience of international medical graduates in Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like an insurmountable barrier to right. getting residencies. It's much easier in the U.S. And in fact, it's there's just really uh, almost impenetrable bureaucracy to um, getting your residency spot in Canada if you've been 
if you've been trained elsewhere. And um, the two just kind of married, you know, this, this right. that we all had in, in, in exploring these kinds of stories about immigrants and refugees in the face of what was going on. And this desire I had to sort of write a show that was set in the medical space after I realized how hard it was that the two just kind of became, they just married in my brain. And then from there, we, from there, I, it was, um, I just followed it, you know? It's interesting, you know, you've got a, uh, you, you got a real, real balance going on. And by the way, congratulations. Uh, I've seen three episodes and my wife has watched the whole, uh, first season. And, and I know that you've got a second season, I believe, uh, or I don't know if you're allowed to say that yet, but, but, and you're, and you're going to be in the U S television, NBC in a, in a, in a couple of weeks time. So, so congrats. I mean, it's, it's got to feel pretty good. I would, I would think you guys are pretty proud of the show. It does. Thank you. And we are. Yeah, it was, it was very rewarding to see audiences respond to it in the way that we hoped they would. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. What I what I what I love about it too is 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 that that it is, and it's always so weird. You know, I've interviewed so many filmmakers, and you see a documentary that's about you know an issue that's that's challenging and upsetting, let's say, and then and then you get this director or producer or whoever on the phone, and you say, "Wow, I really enjoyed your film," and it just <laughs> it doesn't really <laughs> add up, right? It's like this, just wow. And and, and I, I'm finding myself of late saying, "Am I allowed to say that I enjoyed your your film?" <laughs> you know, and but what I love about Transplant is that that you're you're handling some pretty touch a touchy wrong word, uh, pretty sensitive issues, and and it seems like in every episode it's it you're just you're just building on the layers i mean we've got mental health issues and ptsd we've got we've got immigration issues new canadian issues and just so so many things and i think it's really quite wonderful can you talk a bit about you know walking that fine line and maybe it's not a fine line maybe you guys are just stepping right into it yeah i mean it's i think that the, the, the to walk the fine line, the intention's always been to write to the best of our ability the emotional truth of the main character. Like generally, these shows are these kinds of shows tend to be ensembles, um, right? Makes, you know, they're they're soaps or they're melodramas, and they tend to be ensembles. And because we're trying to do with our show two things, we're trying to tell an immigrant story and we're trying to tell a network hospital story, kind of at the same time, and so. You see the that hybrid, that kind of narrative hybrid a bit less. You do see it, but you see it a bit less. And so what we set out to do, what I set out to do was to, you know, be guided by a kind of grounded emotional truth of mm. character's experience and stay away from soap and stay away from melodrama. And if I could do that, then everything would kind of flow from there. You know, the, the themes that we explore in his life and in his experience, we could use them to, to sort of butt into the other characters, whether it's in their reaction to him or whether it's, you know, three steps removed, but to sort of just follow those themes and try to stay where we could really across the board, grounded and honest, instead of letting things get soapy and melodramatic. So it was about kind of finding that tonal space right for the show and also making sure there was lots of heart because i think if you it's interesting what you said about you know you can watch something that's really challenging and really dark and our, our show isn't dark but it explores dark issues but if you have the heart then i think you you, you also you don't alienate the audience or, or it makes you feel at any rate that you liked it because you can well, feel the heart 
Uh, absolutely, and, and I think what's so fascinating about about uh, Hamza's character, Bashir, I believe, is is you. I pretty much liked him within what the first twenty six frames. Mm. Like honestly, mm. I was in, mm. and he's he. You you can empathize uh, with him immediately for for whatever reason. And is it is it is it facial expression? You know, is it is it the eyes? Are the eyes the key to the soul? You know, the, the key to the soul. But anyway, it's just it's wonderful. So from a casting perspective, you guys you guys nailed it with with him. That's for sure. And and then I, I'm just fascinated too by by storytelling and and film and you know eagerly awaiting uh, Tenet and Christopher Nolan's uh, new film. I'm a huge fan. Me too. The, the, the complexity, right? And I mean, just in that opening sequence in the pilot within. What is it? Three, four minutes, where we're introduced to a few of the key characters. We got some suspicion. We got issues of trust. Maybe I mean, there's just so much mm. packed into this TV show that normally you just kind of sit down and turn on and watch, right? Mm -hmm. But wow, there's a whole lot more going on than meets the eye. Yeah, thank you. I we we thought I, I sort of we thought well, let's really start in a way that grabs you, you know, and. And I think that there is something it's just so right about what you said about Hamza's eyes. He's got beautiful eyes, just just wide, evocative, you know, eyes. And we're just lucky that 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 he does. But right. um, there's something about showing him, you know, you show him cutting meat in a kind of dingy kitchen, and you wonder why am I looking at this, you know? And then you show him having a vague conversation with his Buddy who works there where some money is exchanged and they're talking in Arabic and you wonder, why am I looking at this? Am I supposed right. to am I supposed to be nervous for this guy? What, what? That's right, right, right. You no, know, and I think it's about two minutes by the time the truck comes and crashes through the window. And um yeah, it's it's the the, the kind of mystery of that uh, was very inviting. He, he I had known him and as an actor on previous project and oh, okay. had thought about him for the role, knew he was talented but didn't know that thing that you touched upon, just the kind of vulnerability in his, we knew we, that he had it, but we didn't really know the power of it until he did his work on this show. And I think- Well, there's a real, there's a real honesty to him. And I even, I even felt that watching him, what is he, a short order cook? Is that what he would yeah. be called, I guess? Yeah. At this, uh, this uh, PETA joint, I guess you could say somewhere in Toronto. And, but he's earnest. Yeah. And he's a hard worker. Yeah. And he's focused. I mean, I just love how you can communicate that in, in under about 20 seconds. Yeah. And that's a testament, I think, to the writing and the directing and the shooting and 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 Hums and on all of it. And and of course the subject matter too, I suppose. But I love too your that the mystery of it is really, really, really quite compelling. I also, you know, Joseph, I I, I love too how you guys have really and, and again, I've seen three episodes and I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it. But I love some of the lines. I mean, I'm just going to quote a few back to you and I hope they make you smile, but you're learning math in a whole new language. Was a, I studied philosophy for years and continue to read deeply. And that for me is like, okay, let's just stop. Let's just have a conversation about that, folks. You know, you're learning math in a yeah. whole new language. I mean, what, what are the implications of that, right? Um, about for new Canadians. And, and then let's try to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes. Let's go to the country they're from that they've grown up in and let's go there and learn math in their language. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Can, you know, what, what can this do for us from an empathetic perspective or, or how about practicing medicine in the dark? You learn to sharpen other skills. <laughs> Just one wonderful stuff. 
wonderful stuff. And I think in the last episode, um, uh, Bishop gets a pretty good line about um, about some things or some truths are better left unsaid or something like that. Anyway, just wanted to say again, validate and, and affirm, and and I love how you're bringing this sense of of, of cultural and and political and social import into Thursday night entertainment. It's fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, I think. Thank you. I, I the um the math thing, you know, I have young kids and you, you realize that they do learn math now through writing. Um, when I was like learning arithmetic in grade school, you were just doing, they were sort of wrote, you know, like you would do yep. equations with numbers, but now sure. yep. they, now it's all written. So um, it's all paragraph form. And um, so I remember trying to, and then of course, one of them was in French, you know, which is, which I sort of muddle through, but I'm not strong. And then when I was trying to do math homework in French, which is mostly written, you realize, I mean, what, yeah, what kind of experience is that for a kid from Syria who doesn't know the language at all and doesn't, and is trying to learn the language and then also maybe knows the math, but not the language. And, and it, it is a really interesting little observation. And I think, I think the idea that it's just a small line, but it invites empathy. Mm-hmm. It's the invitation of empathy, which is so exciting for me. Well, and I love, what was your line out of the gate about universality in the specific? One of the lines I've been using of late with, with respect to my podcast and just some of the other work that I do is this promoting this idea of similarity through difference mm -hmm. and instead of the other way around, which is, seems to be what's happening, I mean, all over the world, I suppose. And it's easy for us Canadians to lob stones at our, our Southern, you know, neighbors. Mm -hmm. um, but the division, right? The polarity it's just so easy to go us them yeah you know pull up up down positive negative and i and i and i trust shows like yours are 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 introducing uh people to other ways of seeing you know and 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 isn't that what great storytelling is all about yeah i think that's so interesting i, I think it, it is it would, would have been easy and still would be easy for for either our show or something in that space to become political. But if you, but if you become political, then you, you become part of that polemic that you're just discussing, you know, right. them or the, everything's so binary and that doesn't seem to help, you know? So if you just try to keep it um, honest to experience and just try to avoid the political with it, just try to have empathy and show related experiences and never have anybody on the show take it, political stand on the issue one way or the other I and mean, you can obviously tell where our leanings lie just by right. humanity but that's sure, sure. the point the point is what you just described david about you know just sort of showing the kind of shared experience and, and inviting that kind of empathy and if you're doing that then hopefully you're contributing to that conversation in a positive way i love i love the whole bit about vaccinations and and doesn't doesn't bashir uh, hamza's character say something about no no we basically would kill to get vaccinations here yeah. in syria right yeah. like talk about sort of i mean you know it's a it's a counter narrative but it's actually a narrative that just hasn't been told right really in a in a profound and deep and, and intimate way and so that's how we're going to change the, this whole system and when i say i mean globally right that like just continuing to tell fresh and different stories yeah. over and over and promote this idea like you said of, of of universality through through you know through the specific yeah it was interesting when you think about like how 
much privilege you have to be able to say you're an anti-vaxxer, you know, without right, right. To, without trying to like make them into bad guys. Cause we told the story of one and tried not to make him into a bad guy, but you just have so much privilege <laughs> to, to, to say no to it when there are people who, you know, yeah. And so it was tricky with the Hamza because there's like eight versions of that line on camera where he says it emphatically or he says it impassioned or he says it earnestly but I really wanted it to be thrown away, you know, where he's not, he's not being so boxy about it. He's just kind of stating matter of fact. Yeah. 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 Why yeah. No, I, vaccinated. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to him, you know? Yeah. No, this is just totally out of the, out of my realm of, of reality. Yeah. Why, why would you do that? Yeah. I interviewed um, a few years ago, Miranda Bailey. I, I don't know if you've seen her film, the pathological optimist, but, mm-hmm. but, yeah. Anyway, it's just, it brought it back uh, home and just the whole idea of like, how, how is that even possible? But I love, I love the connection you make to privilege there. I think it's really, uh, really, really interesting. You know, I, I watched the, I think it was in the second episode and, 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 uh, he, he comes back into the, uh, the, I guess it's the ER or at least the hospital sort of area there. And, and two of his colleagues are watching some of, I believe the white helmets on, on their phone. Yeah. And, and, and I wonder, and I don't want this to sound, uh, you know, I mean, I, I consider myself a man of the world and well-read and, and, and I watch a lot of news, et cetera, but I wonder how many people were seeing images of Aleppo for the first time. And I think that's a real, talk about privilege, talk about opportunity, Joseph. I love that, that, that you guys are doing what I would call important work with this, like I said, and I don't want to be like, you used the word pejorative earlier. I'm not being pejorative here, but the, in, in this, you know, Thursday night, one hour um, um, block of time in people's lives, right? And the people are busy, but isn't it beautiful that you get to plant these seeds? Yeah, that you can just remind them. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you can just kind of remind them quietly. And I think at the time we talked about what should be said about that while they're watching it. Should they comment on it? Should he comment on it? And then, no, nobody should comment on it. It's just like you said, it's just, we're just reminding people this this is happening in the world. And uh, whether you choose to look at it or not, there it is. So do you have um do you have a team of people that you that you've been working with for for years that you just sort of trust? I noticed Sammy Khan uh, is uh one of your story editors and writers. I interviewed him a little while back uh, about his uh his his film St. Louis Superman Oscar nominated. Yeah. Um yeah, do you, do you just have a team of yes. folks? Yeah. So I I originated the idea on my own, but then I have a I have producers who I've been working with since since then who've played a big role in in developing the idea and moving it along and um, supporting me and working as a collective while we pitched it and developed it and then began quite quickly in that process hiring other writers and contributors. Sammy was the first. Sammy's still with the show right now as the second season is in its early stages, but um, Sammy was the first writer that I hired. And, um, you know, as always in television, because you're making 13 one hours and each one hour contains six medical stories and overlapping mm. emotional stories and all this. It's always written, you know, with a, with a team in our right. case, I think there were seven, seven writers, depending on the month you might've showed up in the writer's room. Um, so seven sort of writers and then, and then a, quite a few consultants because we were writing uh, something that um, was a very specific lived experience. So right from the very beginning, we wanted to, make sure that we had enough voices and consultants with that experience who could help us stay true to 
to the story. So there were a, a number of those uh, the, the whole time and still are to the second. Right, right. Yeah, no, I would imagine it's, it's a, again, we, we, we talked about community early on and, and what I'm trying to do with face to face, I would imagine you do the same, you know, in a, in a great TV show or a great film. It's, isn't this why famous directors stick with cinematographers that they worked with forever and so on, right? It's about, it's about that tacit knowledge, I suppose, that you share, right? That, 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 uh, I was going to say group think, but that's the wrong, wrong phrase. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly the tacit knowledge you get to know people's working relationships, what works for them, what doesn't. But for me, the great thing about it is, is the dial, the dialectic of it, you know, like, I, right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. The team of rivals. I love the idea of the team of rivals, you know, and, um, everybody gets to challenge every idea that's put forward. And so what we have is at its best, you know, at its best, what we have is almost the opposite of groupthink, you know, where, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. That's great. Where you know, there is an inherent hierarchy to these things, you know, who's got that title, who, whatever, but in an ideal world, you kind of are able to put that aside and just like every idea is up for grabs and, I like well, that's so great that you create that kind of space because I, I mean, the, the, you uh, constantly, fairly often, you read of reports of, of, of producers, directors, and, and maybe actors too who who are uh, what's the phrase? Close hold. It's all about them. It's it's my way or the highway. And and I guess you get a certain vision when you do that. But hopefully, it's done at least respectfully and, and, and with other people in mind. But it sounds like you guys really are kind of co-creating which i think is going to make it a stronger show i would imagine yeah i mean if you're right i mean absolutely if you're telling bashir's very specific story who am i to hoard that you know the best right right the best thing i can do is i had a vision for it you know i had instincts for it that that i tried to let like guide it and right you know you try to find things these are, these are our, this is our religion. These are the rules we want to try to follow for the most part, but then just to be open to, to, um, to finding the truth in it, which you can only do if you're, if you have people tell you that you're wrong all the time, you know, any, any, any chance of writing in like a podcaster in the near future into an episode that you might, uh, you know, want to do a cameo. (laughs) I mean, just how open are you, Joseph, you know, um, so, so it's unabashedly Canadian. Can I say that? Yeah. Like it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Like I, I love the skyline shots. I just, I love everything about that. And I want to, I want, I'd love to hear about that from a, a production perspective, a funding perspective. Was that a, a, a conscious choice fiscally for financial reasons or creative reasons? And also connected to that. And this is a biggie. Could the show have been made in the U S yeah. Um, I mean, I, grew up in this business in Canada as a television writer in Canada through the period where we had to pretend we weren't here for the most part. Like if you were, <laughs> if you were on CBC, you could be in Canada, but if right. you were on any other network, you, you, you pretended that you weren't, you just never yes. knew where you, where you were. And I've, I'd always, it's awful. You know, we, none of us like that. None of us. Base, like Bay street masquerading as wall street. Yeah. Or right, or, or or we're in generic North American city that we're not even ever going to name, you know. Right, right, right. Um, none of us like that. And and something that's happened with the Netflixes of the world, you know, this sort of it's reminded audiences and American audiences that you know that that it doesn't need to be set in New York or L.A. for American audiences to come to it because lots of people watch 
Dark, you know, which is a show in Germany on that. Right. Lots of people in America watch it. So it's just, it's reminded them that that's, again, like sort of uni- universality and the specific. So I, I feel like Canada has been, a, it started to happen here too, where that's become open to us. You see certain things having international success that are unabashed Canadian, and that's just really exciting. So we, for me, it was always going to be, yeah, set in Toronto. Interestingly, it's shot in Montreal <laughs> and all of the, um, even the exteriors are shot in Montreal. The, oh, wow. Okay. The, this, other than the, the establishings and the skyline. Right. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. But, um, but the Canadian-ness of it was always going to be there. And it's a much different story if, if it's an American story. There's no doubt about it. And I wouldn't have even tried. Um, I wouldn't have even tried. In fact, when we were talking about the idea originally, we thought if it was an American show that we were going to pitch to American broadcasters, it would be like a Honduran man mm. scales the border wall when he's young or is a dreamer better yet, you know, um, or one of those things. And then becomes, it, it would just, you take a different approach on it politically uh, sure, or socially, but um, it was always going to be Canadian and it needed to be Canadian. And that was where kind of our familiarity lied. And also the humanity of our healthcare system is so different. And if you start getting into the business of medicine from an American perspective, I think that brings you, into different places um, that the story wouldn't really have needed to go to. And so uh, the whole time we were making the show, we were making it with the support of an American studio. And there were lots of oh, okay. things about, um, about the differences in the approach of the business of healthcare between the two countries. And we, we just told the Canadian version the whole time where nobody has to pay and where we kind of just accept the fact that you have to wait three hours when you're in an emergency room. But at the end of the day, we, we still provide very good health care. It's well, and you guys even make the point in the, in the show, but we don't, we don't deal very well with, with chronic pain. That's yeah. kind of, that's kind of the system as a whole, but I, I'm with you. I think anyone who's traveled the world and, and, and stood in line elsewhere, and I've been to a few different medical clinics in a few different countries <laughs> around the world. It's wow. It's, it's a, it's a gift. It really is. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I love that you're able, again, that you're able to highlight some of these things in a very understated way uh, and, and yet very passionately, you know, if that, if, is that a, is that an oxymoron passionate understatement? I don't know, maybe it is, but, but I feel like that's what transplant's doing. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think, I mean, I'm all about the little things, right. About, you know, planting that seed, how do you water it, the splash and ripple, how do you, you know, and I think this type of storytelling, this really, truly is what's going to change the world. It's, it's lofty, but I, but I really believe it, Joseph. Thank you. I, I think I like that. I think you can be passionate and what did you say? Understated and passionate. I said passionate, understated. Maybe the word I'm looking for is I, I, you, you guys aren't unctuous. Like you're not, you're not shoving anything down, down anyone's throat. Right. But, but the comments about, about the difficulties that, that a new Canadian is going to find getting into the medical system or, or a comment about, about anti-vaccinations and so on. It's, 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 there's, there's no, there's no baseball bats or sledgehammers involved metaphorically. I think you can be like, I think you can be passionate and, um, and unassuming or whatever, because he's earnest, but he doesn't have an earnest personality. So so he doesn't, um, so you can throw right. that stuff away, but you know, he cares deeply. So I think it's, um, yeah, I think that's an interesting way of looking at it. And yeah, if you avoid the baseball bats and, and 
throwing it in people's faces, then they don't feel assaulted by your opinion, right? They they don't right. nice. to convert them. They just they just uh, you're sneaking it in. <laughs> I love that. That's that's a great title for something. Assaulted by opinions. That's 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 a blog or an essay or something. Some somebody's gonna have to write that op-ed in the in the very near future. I love that that he cares and it comes through everywhere. And that again is just such a, a a wonderful message to communicate for all of us, teachers, parents, doctors, development workers, whatever it is we do, it, we got to care. Podcasters, we got to care. Uh, that's that's what's going to ultimately uh, seep through, it seems to me, and, and, and make a difference. Hey, you must have been pretty pleased when UNHCR started tweeting about your show. I was, yeah, that mental. I mean, come on, like that—that—that that, that takes it to a to me anyway, and because of my background in international development, takes it kind of to a whole new level. I, we were so honored by that, and yeah, they just started tweeting about it, and they would they would live tweet every episode. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, we, we it was, they made us feel like we had done something right, and right that that there was something there that that they wanted to amplify, mm. um, you know, alongside just regular people like liking and enjoying the show, which is nice, but there was, yeah, it was a, it was a nice, it was a nice feeling. And they've yeah, that, do that. Which yeah. No, it's very, it's very cool. So, so listen, uh, executive producer, you gotta be thinking already, like, what are we going to do in season five, six and seven? Right. So what you got big plans you got, uh, for, for for the show global global takeover <laughs> uh you know to be honest i think my style and the people that i work with our style is let's just kind of look at like look as far ahead as we can see which right now is just the immediate future and kind of take it that way and um you know it's 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 not the kind of show that requires kind of an overall narrative mythology you just want to try to follow this guy's individual perspective and let that guide the storytelling it's been a like like it has been for everybody in the world right now six months with the a prior six months which will you know which causes us to reevaluate everything mm-hmm. of what our lives hold and what the story is speaking to and i think that the you're trying to be open to the experience of the pandemic and what it's asked us about ourselves and try to fall and try to follow that and to let it inform the storytelling somewhat um it's been relevant and also you know, the show's being written for season two, but is of course delayed like everything else in this business. So, you know, no master plan. I mean, I know that with the sale in the Amer- in America, which is great, we'll, we're starting to sell in more territories as well. So I mm, think the nice. audiences are going to see the show. Yeah, it's beautiful, and and we live in a we live in a crazy global world. And so, like, what is globalization? That's a whole other. Uh, that's a that's a course. That's books. That's you know a lifetime to answer that question. But people have access to this show, as we talked about before we hit the record button. Yeah. But isn't it wonderful that people are seeing transplant? And that's uh, yeah, that that's that's got to make you sleep fairly well at night, even though you might be a little nervous about that uh, NBC launch. I don't know. Is that a is that is that true? I'm not nervous about it. I oh cool. Cool. That's fantastic. Good for you. Yeah, like I think that we. I would be. <laughs> we're not. Like I feel like we did work that I'm proud of. That I'm absolutely fine. I always say to people, um, you know, you and I. I don't know. Two people could sit and watch this movie. The you know the movie The Phantom Thread, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know why I picked that one, but uh, because I well I do know because I watched it with somebody, and after the movie finished, I thought, my God, like that is just 
that's just the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like every right. moment of it is perfect. And I watch it with somebody who was just bored, who who is a really smart person who just just didn't like. Yep. And I and so and so if that isn't it the way isn't it fascinating? Eh? Yeah. It's like how 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 does that happen? It's really interesting. Well, it's what you know. It's what it is. And so if, if if so if that can happen with with that movie, which is just like a masterpiece, then the rest, <laughs> we do our best and we, and we put our we do what we work hard and we. Yeah. best work forward and if you get to the point where if i get to the point where i'm proud of it and i'm happy then people right. are going to be what they are you know i yeah i i hope that uh it's positive and successful and i hope that people don't read into the politics of it in ways that we don't want them to and get angry and polemic and all those kinds of things i just hope they accept the kind of simple oh i'm sure you'll have a few of those on on social media but uh, you can ignore most of those i'm sure <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's best not to read uh, to read the press. It seems to me, from from what I've learned, what little I've learned about that over the years. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's you know, years ago, I, I I took a group of. Do you remember the um, the very quite early what was probably about nineteen Robert Downey Jr. film Less Than Zero? Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah. I'm a big fan of the book, and but yeah, I remember the movie a lot. Yeah. Same, same, yeah. same. And the the, the poster is framed on my wall in my office, and I'm a huge fan. And I just thought, wow, this is a guy going somewhere. And yeah. and anyway, I took six, no joke, six friends to a theater out here in Mississauga. I'm pretty sure most of them didn't speak to me for a couple of weeks after that film. It's like, wow, that's an evening we'll never get back. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like, this is gorgeous. This is a life-changing film, right? It's just, uh, I, I do love that about film. I really do. It's, I find it sometimes frustrating when you, when you hope somebody's going to go, oh, Dave, I get it. I see what you see, you know? And isn't that what's so beautiful about art though and and, and about creating it? So well, man, Joseph, I, I wish you all the success in the world with with the show, and and you've already had a, 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 a library shelf full of it. Now it's time to fill the library. How's that? Yeah, thank you, David. I, I like that. That's good. Yeah, no, it's really great. How about creatively? What what what's? Yeah, you must be sort of thinking about other stuff too. But mm -hmm. anything, and as we wrap up here, and again, it's, it's so we're about um, NBC. Uh, CTV is going to be uh, re-releasing season one, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah, it will be aired in simulcast as of September one at ten p.m. Uh, uh, weekly, uh, Tuesday nights when NBC Beautiful. airs the show. CTV will also air it, and you can find it on Crave and on Peacock if you're in the U.S. Oh, Peacock, very good. Um, yeah. So last last thought just before we wrap up, where where are you at creatively? Is it is it all? Is it just is it consumed by transplant right now? Yes, my, my yeah. brain has mostly been consumed by transplant the last since like late 2016, early 2017. But that said, in the you know the last since we wrapped shooting on season one, uh, that you know it's very exciting when you when you start getting you know the thing now exists it exists in the world, which is mm. exciting. And so a lot of the heavy lifting, I mean, it's always going to be hard, but it, like when you get it going, the heavy lifting is kind of done to some extent, and so. It has been exciting for me in the last three or four months to start thinking what else is going to happen next for me creatively and what else. And there are a few irons on the fire, but at, like I tell my parents, David, I'll tell you when you need to know. <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, I, I think it's wonderful that that you can focus like that, and 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 I'm I'm re I'm excited for you guys and and for where the show's going to go, and uh, I'm I'm in. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, episode four, uh, anxiously awaiting it. So, 
uh, I know it's already out, but 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 uh, but my wife's way ahead of me on this one, so so it's uh, it's a good thing. Uh, we've been talking to Joseph K today here on on Face to Face about his new uh, television series, important I would say, and entertaining uh, new television series series called Transplant. Check it out on CTV for American listeners coming to NBC. Uh, I was going to say soon to a theater near you, but I guess it's your digital home theater near you. Joseph, wonderful chatting with you today. Thank you uh, for your time. Thank you, David. It's been great. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.